Fantastic. Well, just uh, my turn to say happy Easter to you. It's great you could join us both here in person and at home, wherever you are. What wonderful ways to describe Easter. really enjoyed listening and, and watching your words, actions, and pictures. And uh, I thought I would do the same in just a few minutes that I have with you right now. I'm going to read a short passage from the Bible, and then I'm going to pick out five words. Maybe actually as I read it, there might be some words that stand out to you. It's from a letter written by the Apostle Paul. Uh, Apostle just means sent, and he was sent by Jesus. He was persecuting the church, and on the road to Damascus, he encountered Jesus, and Jesus sent him to tell others of this amazing message that we've been hearing about this morning, that Jesus has risen. So let me read the passage, and uh, you can see what words kind of jump out to you, and I'll share you my five words that I think help us understand something of the significance of what we celebrate at Easter. So this is 1 Corinthians 15, verses 12 to 23. Paul writes, Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testify about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins." Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But, he goes on, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead, For as in Adam all die, so in Christ shall all be made alive, but each in his own order. Christ the firstfruits, then it is coming those who belong to Christ. So wonderful passage. I don't know what words jumped out at you. Let me just share the five that that stood out for me. And I'll tell you, I'm going to give you a clue for each of these five words. Or at least that was my plan. I'm not sure what the clue would be for the, the first one. It's so obvious, I hope, and we've heard it a few times already as different ones have shared. What is the, what is the heart, the main meaning? What is the thing that we celebrate? And it, oh, it begins with R. <laughs> There's a clue. R. I don't know if you're at home when I just type it into the, the chat, and it ends in N, ends in N. Resurrection, of course. It doesn't really need a clue, does it? Jesus' body was dead, crucified, dead. A spear shoved in his side, dead. Put in a tomb, dead. Dead for over the overnight, for the next day, and then through the following night. And then in the morning, something extraordinary happened, something that had never, ever happened before. Jesus' body rose from the grave. He rose from the dead. Now, Lazarus, there had been people whose bodies had, had kind of come back from the dead in a sense. They'd died and they'd risen again. But this was something different. 
This was, this was Jesus' body rising, never to die again. Those people that Jesus had risen before, miraculously, supernaturally, to point to himself as a resurrection of the life, they were to die again. Jesus rose as, as the first physical manifestation of a new creation that was to come, an eternal creation that would last forever. Here was someone rising from the dead, never to die again. Now, there were some people that were claiming, we see in verse 12, there is no resurrection there is no resurrection of the dead. That when someone dies, they stay dead. And that's understandable, isn't it? Because we, we haven't really seen uh, that as a common occurrence uh, around us, people rising from the dead. And yet we have this testimony here. Paul says, but in fact, Jesus has been raised from the dead. We have Paul's testimony that Jesus rose from the dead. And he has some authority on it because he encountered the risen Jesus. Then on the road to Damascus, something happened to Paul that changed him from being a, a prominent persecutor of the church to be a prolific planter of churches. What happened to change him around? Well, he tells us he encountered the risen Jesus. Now, you might say, well, maybe that was a vision, but the, in his testimony, he says that other people heard and saw something. We're not sure what, but it certainly wasn't all in Paul's mind. But also, Paul had spoken to, to some disciples of Jesus who had seen the risen Jesus. Disciples of Jesus who had walked with Jesus, who had lived with Jesus, who for, for, had been friends with Jesus for several years. And they saw Jesus die on the cross. And then they saw him again, physically, bodily, alive in front of them. They, I think they had breakfast with him. They, they touched him. They talked to him. They saw that he was alive. And what's more, what is... What is most persuasive to me, I mean, Paul writes here that if it was just for this life that we, uh, we have hope, we're to be pitied. And that's true because these guys that saw Jesus and testified that Jesus rose again from the, from the grave, that they'd seen him physically and ate with him, they were willing to die for that. They, in, in one sense, their lives became very, very difficult and ended prematurely because of their their confidence in what they had seen. It seems to me that we have good evidence that Jesus rose from the grave, and therefore we can think about the significance of what that means for us. Okay, second word. Um, I've been looking forward to this. Here's a clue to my second word. Let me see. Can you see that target okay? Here we go. Oh, all right. Oh, I've got the white bit. That, that counts a little bit. I almost looked down the barrel of it to see if it had run out. That's, that's not good form, is it? So uh, I won't do that. Now, the, the, this is actually an illustration of my next word. This bullseye here, this represents living, living right, doing the right thing, not doing the wrong thing doing what God requires of us. God is good, and there is a right thing to do and a wrong thing to do. And actually, many times, we do the wrong thing. Just like uh, me and my poor aim, we might try sometimes. Sometimes we don't even try. But even when we try to do the right thing, sometimes it's kind of mixed, and we, maybe we get into the white, maybe we kind of get into the black, but we miss the bullseye. We miss what is perfect and right, the perfect thing to do in whatever situation it is. We've missed the mark. This is what sin literally means, missing the mark. And all of us, in one way or another, maybe, maybe many times have missed the mark. We've done the wrong thing. And this is what the Bible calls sin. 
And that comes with a big problem for us because sin leads to death because God is good. He will not sustain evil forever. He is perfectly good. Jesus was perfectly good. Gee, when Jesus came, he hit the bullseye every single time. Everything he did, everything he thought, everything he said, bullseye, 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 because this is what God is like. Jesus said only God is good. But we have a challenge because of that, because we're not good. God will not sustain evil forever, and we are those that have done things wrong. We've all done things wrong, right? Well, Paul says, if Christ has not been raised, you are still in your sins. And in your sins is a terrible state to be in, because it leads to death, not just death of the body, but death of the soul and eternal destruction of of our very selves. But praise God, the message of Easter, the message we celebrate right now, the message which Paul declares is that Christ has been raised, which takes me to my third word, which is, uh, now this is one of my, this is, this is, I don't know what you know what sort of, it's a fruit, and I don't know what, if you know what sort of fruit it is. I mean, just, isn't that marvelous? It's, uh, it's just, this is the best fruit, and um, I, they've got to get them just right, and uh, this one, oh, I think this one is just about right, and picked out. Now, what, what can you guess what my third word is? I should have put a number one on this, perhaps. That might have helped. First fruits. First fruits. First fruits, it's, uh, it describes the first part of a harvest when you might go out into your garden. Perhaps you don't have mangoes in your garden. Maybe it's beans or something like that. And uh, uh, you, 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 I, I've done this a few times. I, and then you come in with a bowl of the first fruits. And, and it's really a sign that there's a lot more to come. This is what is captured by this word, first fruits. Here's the first, but there's more to come. There's a whole lot more to follow. And uh, in, in verse 20, Paul writes, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep, the first fruits of a harvest that was to come. He wasn't, it wasn't just a one-off. Jesus was the first of many more resurrections that were to come, many more resurrections to eternal life, never to die again. And so the questions become, who and how is going to follow Jesus in this wonderful resurrection to eternal life? See, I don't, I don't know about you, but well, I, I, I'm sure it's the same, that I don't want to die and perish forever. I, I want to be like someone who falls asleep, and might, it might look like I'm dead in the grave, but actually I'm alive, and one day I'm going to rise again, just like someone might go to bed and, and sleep, and then it, it looks, maybe you, kind of, you nudge them and they're not moving. But in the morning, they get up. The Bible talks about those who die in Christ as those who have fallen asleep. Not that they are unconscious, but though it, it looks like they've died, actually they will one day rise, just like someone getting up in the morning. Verse uh, uh, 17, um, again, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. But praise God, Christ has been raised. There's a, uh, a wonderful opportunity for us to uh, to, to, to not die in our sins, but to die in Christ. Now, I want to go on to my fourth word now, because the question is, is still, with Jesus was the first fruits, I, I, I don't have to die in my sins, I could, but how, how, do I, how do I rise again? How can I be one of those that follow Jesus? Now, in, in a normal year, I would illustrate this next point by uh, looking for someone strong and asking them to stand there and I would turn around and, uh, 
I don't know if I'm glad or not that uh, we can't do this, but I would say, are you ready? And I would close my eyes, and I would just fall back. <laughs> and I'd hope, I'd trust that you were strong enough to, to catch me, and you'd kind of hopefully catch me and, and hoist me back up again. Do you, have you ever played that, 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 that game? I'm not sure I recommend it. It's, uh, it's, it's called, um, what, is it, it, what, what is it called? It's a trust, is it trustful? Something like that. It's, it's, I don't know what you, what you call it, but you're basically, I think it's a team-building exercise. You kind of, um, or it could be a team-destroying exercise, I suppose, but when it works, it's a team-building exercise, and you, just, you, you learn to trust those around you. You kind of shut your eyes, and you fall back into their, into their, their arms, and they, they put you up again. So that's the clue to my, my next word. So I don't know if you've got an inkling what my next word could be. It's faith. Faith in this passage, again, uh, it stands out, isn't it? Um, this is, I've already read it. In Christ, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Your faith, it's by faith that we can follow Jesus in this wonderful resurrection to eternal life. And actually, this trustful thing is quite a good illustration of, of trusting in Jesus, because we're trusting that, that when we die, and Paul was trusting, and the that Jesus' disciples were trusting that, that when we die, we're falling back, not, not into eternal destruction, but in, into, the, into God's hands, that, that he, would, he would be there as, we, as, we, as we, our life ends and we fall into the grave, as it were. He would be there, and that one day he would lift us up. And so the question becomes, who are you trusting with your life? Who are you? Who's, who's literally got your back? Who's going to catch you at the end of your life? Well, the wonderful message of Easter is that in, in Jesus, we can trust him to catch us even as we fall into death. You see, as we trust in Jesus, we're united to him. We're united in his death such that his death counts for ours, such that my sin was punished in, in his body on the cross. But we're also united to him in his resurrection, that just as we trust in him, it's, it's his resurrection that will lead to my resurrection and to your resurrection as you trust in him. This is just the best news ever. This is the news that we celebrate at Easter. But not everyone believes it, and not everyone knows about it. Even, even with, with, uh, when we celebrate Easter, the message could get clouded in other ways. And I want to just illustrate my final words here with one more action. You have to, this is the biggest bell I could get. You have to imagine... <laughs> You have to imagine it's, it's huge and golden, and I'm going to... And it sounds much, much louder. This is my clue to my final fifth word. What do you think the word is? I know it's really difficult. No one can really shout out. <laughs> so I hope, I hope at home you're, uh, you're, 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 you're getting it. What is, this, what is this fifth and final word of mine? Well, I was trying to be a town crier. You know, what, what do they say? Oh, yay, oh, yay which means hear, hear ye, hear ye, which means hear you, hear you, which means please listen up, something like that. Anyway, when there was an important message that the, the town council wanted to, to broadcast pre-internet, pre-TV, pre-radio even, they would send someone out with a, a massive bell and they would shake it and they would, they would shout out this message. And so my fifth and final word is proclaim this message, this message of the resurrection of Jesus needs to be proclaimed. In verse 12, Paul writes, Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead. 
Now, for people to hear this message, they, sorry, to, to, to believe this message, they need to hear it, and it needs to be proclaimed, and not necessarily by running around the street doing this, but I mean, in all kinds of ways that, that communicate clearly and boldly so people hear and they understand that Jesus rose from the dead, and they begin to think about the huge significance of that. This message needs to be spoken out. It needs to be lived out. Every resource within our disposal needs to be put towards broadcasting this amazing message. You could think of us, you could think of you if you're a follower of Jesus like a bell. You are a bell that this message would go out in a way that communicates loud and clear so that people can hear and understand. And perhaps some of you listening, perhaps you've not heard this message before. Perhaps you've not thought too much about it. Maybe you don't believe it right now. I want to encourage you to, to hear it, not just with your ears, but with your mind and with your heart, to think about it, to think it through, to think about the significance of it, to, to look at your life and then look at the resurrection of Jesus and decide, do, do you believe in Jesus? Who is going to catch you when you die? Who is there at the end of your life that's going to lift you up into eternal life? Because we have eternity in our heart. We live for more than this. If in this life we, we live, we're to be pitied. But there is an, et an eternal age to come. And I want to encourage all of us to think about the wonderful message that we are celebrating this morning, the message of the resurrection. So I'm going to finish just briefly in prayer and then uh, hand back to the, the band. Heavenly Father, thank you for the good news that we celebrate at Easter, the resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, from the dead. Thank you for that having paid for our sin on the cross, you, you raised him to life, not as a one-off, but as the first fruits of many that would follow. And I pray that by your Spirit, you would help each one of us trust in you, maybe some for the first time, to entrust our lives into your hands, not simply for that time when we die, but right now, that we would begin to live and and, and taste the good of this wonderful relationship, this eternal relationship that you have brought us into. A foretaste of what is to come when Jesus returns again and everything is made new. We pray this in Jesus' name and for your glory. Amen. Well, it's just been wonderful to worship together. And uh, let me invite you, if you're uh, able here, to stand and we're going to just sing one more, one more song, I think, as we, as we finish our time together.